We're going to do one last pre-Book of Boba Fett episode on the podcast and just celebrate everything great about Boba Fett. Well, I've, I've actually got a list that we could pull from instead of just Boba Fett standing there looking menacing in um, Empire Strikes Back or like Boba Fett standing there looking menacing in this scene. To rub salt in the runes even more, George Lucas had the absolute audacity to make the Sarlacc burp after it ate Boba. <laughs> Welcome to episode 38 of Live from Vader's Castle. As always, you're joined by your two hosts, John Lee and Dan McCrory. How are you, Dan? Oh, Merry Christmas. Late Christmas, I guess. Yes, of course. Merry Christmas to our to our listeners and hope you uh, had a wonderful Christmas, which was last last week. God, the time's flown by. By the time you're listening, it will be last a couple, week. A couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a I had a good Christmas. I hope everyone had nice Christmases as well. I hope people were blessed with plenty of Star Wars themed presents, as was I. Um, so yeah, looking forward to. Well, I was going to say looking forward to the new year, but really, I'm just looking forward to Book of Boba Fett. So, but that is the new year as well. So, lots lots of exciting stuff to come in 2022. Yeah, the countdown for Book of Boba Fett is uh is getting. Quicker and quicker, quicker it seems like every day. I love when it's like another day's gone. Oh, Less than two days. But, yeah, well, I, I just completely forgot about it over Christmas. And then looked at Twitter this morning. And it was like two days. I was like, oh my god. I know, I know. It's really like crept up on us, and it's nearly here. Um, so yeah, at time of recording, we're, we're less than two days away from Boba Fett. Um, Book of Boba Fett coming out. So that's obviously very, very exciting. So we're gonna do one last pre. Book of Boba Fett episode on the podcast and just celebrate everything great about Boba Fett um, before the show starts and probably takes over the world, which is what, what we're all looking forward to, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the uh, well, the, the hype that's been building for it over the last few weeks um, has been fantastic. I mean, seeing people get so excited on the Twitter and like Instagram and stuff, <clears throat> um, I'm I'm just so looking forward to it. As I mean, I'm sure we mentioned last week that the the stuff we've seen has has only been like the first 15, 20 minutes of the first episode or something. Mm. Um, so, and that already looks like it's so exciting. So, uh, the stuff that they're hiding behind the scenes um, oh, to uh, show us next week is going to be absolutely mind boggling. I'm sure. Oh, I know. Yeah, so exciting. I think uh, the they're about to unleash some some craziness for us, and <clears throat> I'm very very excited about it. Um, and also, if my yeah, if my maths is right, it's been over a year since the last time that we had any live action Star Wars. Because obviously we've had animated Star Wars this year, but it's been over a year since the last bit of live action Star Wars. So the the wait has been a long one, but it's I'm sure it's been a worthwhile wait. So ready to ready to sink my teeth into some book of Boba Fett on Wednesday. Yeah, me too. I mean, what was the last live? It would have been. Mando, Mando it, yeah, season two. Yeah. Mando. I think the last yeah. episode came out like just before Christmas of that. So yeah, that was over a year ago now. Yeah, I remember seeing on Twitter a little while ago, people like the year anniversary of this iconic scene, which is obviously a Luke, the Luke Skywalker scene from Mando. So yeah, mm. has been a, it's been a long while. We've been waiting, We've been waiting Which, a good while for. I, I, I accidentally rewatched that scene today because I was. I was going through season two of Mandalorian to like any bit that had Boba Fett in it, just to you know, just refresh my mind on all of the Boba Fett greatness. <clears throat> and like 
I just, as I was scrolling through, I saw like the Luke Skywalker scene. I was like, I'm just going to have to watch it now I'm here, which was yeah a massive hardship, as you can imagine, making myself watch that brilliant scene again. So yeah, Ugh. I, I, I do have a feeling that we're going to get another scene of the same mind-boggling nature in Book of Boba Fett. I'm sure they've got something up their sleeves, some sort of big scene that no one's going to be expecting that's going to break the internet like like that one. So we can only can only wait and see. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to, to the reveals. I mean, how many episodes we've got of this? I haven't actually looked, which is shocking for me. I'm assuming it's like... I think they've said ten? it's seven. I think they've said seven? it's seven. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, because I think, yeah, because Mandalorian's usually eight. Um, but I think they've confirmed it's seven, which I think is a good number. I think it's a good number. I mean, Hawkeye, which we've just been watching, um, was, was it six episodes, Hawkeye? And that was sort of, I mean, I probably could have done with an extra episode, but I really like the length. So I think seven will be pretty perfect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as long as you get the the uh, exciting bits out, I mean, you don't want to feel like it's dragged out. So I feel like seven for a first season of Book of Wild Fairs is probably a, probably a good start, enough to sink our teeth into. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good question as well. Do we think it's going to get a second season? I hope so. I hope it's not just a limited one-off show but i hope they get a second season but they haven't confirmed it yet so imagine we probably won't find that out until the end of the first season whether we're going to get a second one or not no probably have to wait a while but yeah i I hope they they do like a season two i I can't imagine it's going to be one of those shows that just descends into seasons you know like the bloody like us office something that's like 10 seasons and it's just far too long Uh, i can imagine it being maybe like two or three at most just because of the the way live action Star Wars seems to go. I mean, it's something mm. quite new, so I can't imagine them wanting to throw like many yeah. multiple seasons at it. But... I think, yeah, I think a couple would make sense. I mean, it would yeah. depend what position Boba Fett is in at the end of the show, obviously, but I'm, um, I'm ex- I, I, I trust everyone at Lucasfilm who's in charge of all these shows that they're going to give us the right amount. I mean, I think the only one that we know is a limited series is Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think they've confirmed that that one is only six episodes. So um, that one will just have to, we'll have to just be okay with the six, the six episodes for that. Oh God. I mean, when that comes out, I'm going to have to, I feel like it's a show that I'll, I'm going to want to want to want to binge and just watch it all in one go. Then um, obviously like every week when it comes out, but then it's going to be one of those things where, because there's only six episodes, I want to savour it at the same time. So it's, it's about how do I sit and watch the hour-long episode, but then try and take as much of it out as possible. Pause every 10 minutes to write down a little analysis of what Save I've witnessed. All that Kenobi goodness. Oh, yeah. 20, yeah, 2022 is going to be a big big year for Star Wars. Um, I do just want to apologise for the state of my voice. I don't really know why I was my voice was fine and now I've started speaking. It's just decided to go really croaky as if I'm about to lose it. Um, not really, not really sure why. Um, I, I was out of the pub last night, but I don't think I was doing any singing and shouting, so I'm not really sure where it's gone. I feel like I've still got, I don't know, if it's like from COVID or something, but I, I feel like my tone has gone down like just one notch. So I, my voice is slightly deeper now than it used to be. Maybe I sip you, I'm not, I'm not sure. We were just giving but, you a huskier voice. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, you know, in, well, I mean, when I'm hungover and stuff, I always have a slightly deeper tone anyway, and I feel like I've constantly got that now after mm. after COVID. So, yeah, I mean, might improve my singing career. I'll be end up like Barry White or something in a, in a few weeks' time. <laughs> some Shirley Bassey covers with that. <laughs> <laughs> right, should we, should we get into our, um, our 
topics of discussion for today or topic of discussion for today yeah i mean what a topic to go through the uh the the boy himself boba fett mm-hmm. is his top moments which i feel his like until greatest moments in history yeah i feel like until i don't know i want to say three years ago maybe we we're kind of slim pickings <laughs> We mm. kind of had to dive into legends and, and stuff like that to get some get some decent Boba Fett moments, but yeah. but now we've we've I've, I've actually got a list that we could we could pull from instead of just um, Boba Fett standing there looking menacing attacking in um, Empire Strikes Back or like Boba Fett standing there looking menacing in this scene. We've actually got some action scenes and stuff to go through, which is very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I think if you had asked me my favorite Boba Fett moments like two years ago before I'd watched the Clone Wars, before the Mandalorian had come out, before I'd read any Star Wars comics, I'd have been like, uh, it was was quite cool when he stood there (laughs) in Empire and looked scary. Um, Because I think I've mentioned it before. I was never the biggest Boba Fett Fett fan. It wasn't I disliked him. I was always just, you know, I I, I liked the look of him in the same way that I liked the look of Bosk from that original sort of Bounty Hunters lineup. And I was always just intrigued to see where I'd get more storytelling. But because for quite a while in Star Wars, my fandom was sort of exclusively to the films. And then when I obviously dived into everything else, it's sort of within the past couple of years, I've discovered um, lots of great Boba Fett moments throughout, throughout Star Wars. And particularly the, the last year's uh, season two of Mandalorian, bringing back Tamara Morrison as Boba Fett in live action, I think was a was a moment that, it made me realise that, you know, this guy that everyone's been going on about for 40 years is is worth his penny. Yeah, very true. I mean, <clears throat> we've been fortunate enough to have a lot of <clears throat> very interesting Boba Fett moments in the last few years. And I've actually, I'd forgotten about a lot of, like, the stuff that happened to him in, like, Clone Wars, that TV show. Like, I'd forgotten about, obviously, like, some moments in that show where he showed his... Um, I don't know, like beginnings of the greatness that we we later mm. see later in life because mm-hmm. you know there's some some impressive feats he commits as like a you know like a I don't know like a 12, 13 year old I mean which is <laughs> yeah which is uh which I think is all more impressive that he is just a kid than uh, some of these things he does later in life but <clears throat> yeah I've forgotten about forgotten about that and some of the comics we've we've had as well for Boba Fett recently um so yeah it's nice to see that there's been a revival for Boba Fett and the actual now backings to the huge <laughs> You know, justification for the fandom that he has seemed developed since his first appearance in Empire Strikes Back. Justice has been done for the the diehard Boba Fett fans who have been going on about him for years. Um, Obviously, I know that he had, there was was stories in Legends with Boba Fett because he also survived the Sarlacc pit in in Legends, but me and John aren't very versed in Legends. Um, Maybe maybe one day we'll become more versed in Legends, but I'll I'll put my hand up and say I don't know anything really about Boba Fett in Legends. Um, So the greatest hit moments and um, coolest appearances of Boba Fett that we're going to be talking about today will all be from canon. Um, So we apologise to our our Legends fans out there, but I just haven't read any of that stuff um, because I'm still trying to catch up with all the canon stuff first. (laughs) Yeah, I think lockdown last year was a prime time to catch up on Legends. And if I ever go off work severely ill or something like that, I will take that time to uh, dive into Legends. Uh, I, I, I swear on my heart, if I ever go down ill from work, that will be when I dive into Legends to our, our Legends fans. Um, the last lockdown ended up being the Clone Wars and Rebels. Best time for the two of us. That was sort of where our reinvigoration of our Star Wars fandom began. Um, so 
maybe maybe if there's another pandemic in 10 years <laughs> that'll be legends yeah, I mean, time then. it's hoping for the blade to come back just so i can find time to uh, sit and read legends <laughs> don't jinx it <laughs> <laughs> actually for the record we don't want that <laughs> that's the FBI at my door now like what's um, what, what have you got cocking up back there do you want to kick things off some uh, some cool Boba Fett moments uh, yeah go on I'm gonna <clears throat> come on my voice is croaking there I'm gonna um, I'm gonna start us off with some stuff from the Clone Wars I think because I suppose chronologically these are the, the first moments in Boba Fett's life. We get to see some some badassery and cool moments. Um, and I just, one that I completely forgot about and only just uh, remembered when I was doing a bit of research earlier today is uh, the episode where Boba Fett attempts to, to assassinate Mace Windu. Obviously, after Mace killed his dad, um, Boba Fett is keen on revenge uh, and decides that he's going to single-handedly almost, you know, with the help of, a few of his crewmates uh, was like Bosk and a few of the Bantam Hunters. He's going to kill one of the most powerful Jedi masters in the, uh, in the Jedi council. And to be fair to him, he almost succeeds, which I think is why I've, I've started off with this at my moment is um, there were some unfortunate timings, I think with, uh, with a few bombs going off and things that mistimed, but <clears throat> Boba Fett came very close to killing Mace Windu. And I'm pretty yeah. sure at the same time, Anakin Skywalker, yeah, that is the episode where they get pinned in the Star Destroyer, isn't it? Or the Republic mm-hmm. Cruiser. Yeah, and then yeah. L two has to rescue them. <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, Boba Fett came very close to completely swaying the uh, the trajectory of the Star Wars universe by taking out Mace Windu and Anakin Skywalker at the same time. <laughs> God, that's an interesting what if, right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a small child, let's say, like he looks about thirteen, I think, in this episode, um, and yet he almost kills two of the most powerful Jedi's in existence at that time um just through sheer hard work determination and good a good plan taking advantage of his of his clone heritage it's a sneak aboard a star destroyer (laughs) yeah Um, easy disguise the public cruiser yeah and uh yeah came very close to to assassinating two jedi two jedi i was gonna say two jedi masters but i won't I won't uh, embarrass Anakin like that. <clears throat> can't can't do Anakin like that. He's, he knows he's not a master. <laughs> no, I think this is a this is a moment that I really like as well. This is an episode that I really really enjoyed um, when I watched it the first time around. I, I I'm often quite like this. I just sort of get like quite caught up in watching the episode, and it, it obviously I think when you watch it back, it's quite obvious that it's Boba. But I think you know. The first time I watched it, I was just like, okay, here's this clone that they keep on focusing on. Like, why are they, why are they focusing on this kid? And then, like, eventually, like, it's revealed that it's Boba. And I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, damn, that's cool. I like that. That's something That's something unique that they're doing with this episode. This is really sick. So I remember loving the episode <clears throat> the first time I watched it. I think it's a really cool story. Um, and, yeah, as you said, he's, he's a kid out for revenge. And the person he wants revenge on is one of the most powerful Jedi Masters in the galaxy so he's got the work cut out for him but he as he said he comes close he causes the Jedi a lot of trouble and um, it just goes to prove that um, you know the badass nature of Boba Fett started started when he was young you know Jango was teaching him from when he was a boy and um, when after Jango died he wasn't he wasn't going to take that well yeah I think what really stands out for me, just the fact that this is obviously included in the Clone Wars timeline and how early on is it is in his life, is just obviously one, it shows 
obviously Django was teaching him things very early on in age, obviously pre his death. Um, so, you know, man, Bob has had training in these sort of skills and abilities since a very young age, obviously. And then what it also I think shows is just how determined Boba Fett is when he has his mindset on something, you know, like he's, as I've mentioned a few times, like 13, you know, like a young kid, he could have quite easily decided, all right, I'm going to spend like the next 10 years, like training, getting myself up to a point where I'm like, where we see him at, you know, Empire Strikes Back or something like that. Whereas like picky of his ability and stuff, but he's like, no, straight out of the bat, he's like, I'm not wasting any time, straight on my revenge. You know, he's, he's, there's no training montage for uh, Boba Fett as he like slowly grows up. He's like straight in there. He's not messing about. And I think that just goes to set like his tone throughout the rest of like the Star Wars um, timeline. When we, whenever we see him, it's just that's the, his determination, um, and he doesn't doesn't mess about. He once he set his goal on something, he is one hundred percent focused on it, and mm. he's even got that from a young age. Which I think is just a, it's a brilliant story to fit into his timeline and show us how early on he's developed that mm-hmm. determination. Yeah, that's one of the big factors of his character that. You know, when we were talking about War of the Bounty Hunters last week, that was really prevalent in that comic book. It's just he's, you know, when he sets his mind to something, he will do it. We see it in The Mandalorian. When he sets his mind to, I'm getting that armour back, he gets his armour back. Um, so he is, he's a he's a determined individual. And as he said it, we, we see that starting at a young age. So that's a, a moment I definitely agree with for the, for the Boba Fett, cool moments, Hall of Fame that we're making here. <laughs> Nice. I th- I'm trying to think if there's any more in the Clone Wars. I've got I've got one other one, which is which is yeah. a bit of a, a bit of a funnier one. Like it's not necessarily badass for Boba, but and I don't know if if you remember the episode of Clone Wars. I think it might have been season four or five when I think season five when Ventress sort of joins up with Boba's crew of bounty hunters, and obviously Boba's like leading the crew at this point, and they're all just following around like this kid. And he's just like telling them all what to do. I'm pretty sure at this point he's got his helmet. He's sort of like sprayed Django's helmet, um, <clears throat> which I always find really interesting because that, that would always that would literally mean that Boba had to pull his dad's <laughs> decapitated head <laughs> out of his helmet, give it a quick wash, and then spray paint it. Which is just something that I think we need to see in flashback form <laughs> at some point, <laughs> just because it's brutal. But in the episode. Ventress joins out with Boba's crew and they pull off this heist and somewhere along the way Ventress betrays Boba Fett and like locks him in like a box and like delivers him to because I think there's something in the box no is it oh no it's it's, it's a it's girl a, it's isn't it a girl yeah, yeah I do remember so with the train yeah. it's like a train isn't there's it? a train and there's yeah, a girl yeah, in the box and Ventress swaps out the girl for Boba to rescue the girl and then like delivers Boba to the, the like the buyers of the, of the bounty or whatever. And I think Boba obviously escapes fine, but he has a big, <laughs> a big anger for Ventress after that. And I'm reading Dark Disciple at the moment. And there's a little bit in Dark Disciple where Ventress bumps into Boba Fett and he's not very happy with her. Um, she talks her way out of getting killed, but I just, it's, it's not a moment that's necessarily badass for Boba, apart from the rest of the episode's quite cool for showing him as this young leader of a ragtag team of bounty hunters. But it's just one of those moments I always think about, which is quite funny. It's just how, you know, Boba is this absolute, you know, badass machine, but in two times in his life, you know, one getting 
knocked into a silent pit by a blind man and to getting tricked into a <laughs> getting tricked into getting locked into a little coffin basically by um by a scary night sister he's he, he does have a couple moments where people get the better of him and he, he he's he sort of, sort of ends up in the butt of a joke which you know i think is a, a charming part of bobber's character and I, I do think quite funny yeah i do remember that episode actually and yeah now you mentioned it poor fellow he takes does take a bit of an l there getting a getting swapped out for the girl at the end and being sold into god knows whatever she was getting sold into um poor fella uh, but I think it's, you know, it's part of his journey. You know, it would be unrealistic if Bobber never took any L's in his life. He has to take a few L's um, to, to make those, all those W's more, yeah, exactly. <laughs> more worthy. So, um, you know, shout out to, to Bobba Fett for giving that, <laughs> giving us that funny moment back in the, in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Just, just shows he's got range, you know, he's, he's a character that has his ups and downs. Doesn't, doesn't win every time, which, uh, which is unrealistic, but he wins most of the time. So we'll give him, we'll yeah, give him credit for that. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have any, any more you want to throw into the ring from Clone Wars? Uh, no, not from Clone Wars. I don't think he's in. Is he in any more episodes of Clone Wars? Is he in any more episodes of Clone Wars? I can't even remember. Um, he's, I know he's in the box, but like briefly, because yeah. he helps like Kenobi escape from that prison, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without realizing it's Kenobi, obviously. Um, but I think he's just in prison at that point. Um, I'm not sure if he appears in that much of Clone Wars. I mean, the only thing I would add, um, it's not the Clone Wars, the show, but his appearance in Attack of the Clones. Um, obviously, you know, there's some, some, you know, cheesy nature in Attack of the Clones, as, you know, the film is Attack of the Clones. So there's plenty of cheesiness in it, but, you know, Bobber's. Um, involvement in it you know some people like it some people don't doesn't really bother me that much but the um the one bit that i have to give him a shout out for is the the little asteroid chase when Django is chasing after kenobi and i know that obviously it's it's more of a Django moment but bob is there and he's present for the uh the sonic ch- the, oh goodness me i've forgotten the name Seismic charge. Seismic charge. That's it. Thank you. He's present for the seismic charge drop in in that scene, which is a very iconic moment that a lot of people remember specifically the sound of. So, you know, it's Kid Boba Fett again, but it's another moment where he's there, he's present, and he's like, he's like, he's like cheering, he's having a really good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I quite like that scene actually, though, or the whole action scene, I suppose, with Django versus. Um... Obi Wan. I think Boba does quite well there as like a, a small boy to, you know, remain calm, do what his dad tells him, and even, you know, puts up a bit of a fight against Kenobi in, with the uh, turrets on the old slave one. So, you know, it Your wasn't completely we're leaving. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he puts in a shift during, a, during an intense fight between a bounty hunter and a Jedi. So I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. I do like that scene in Attack of the Clones as well. I think, like, well, Tamara Morrison's great as Django Fett. Um, and I do think, I can't remember, is it Daniel Logan? Is that the name of the actor? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think he's he's good as a young Bobber as well. I think there's a few dialogue deliveries that don't really land for me, but that's a lot of the time that's George and his writing and his directing. Um, but I think he did a good job with with the the performance there. And I do think um, it's it was a nice moment to see young Bobber in Attack of the Clones, and obviously that you know really iconic shot of him in the Genosis Arena, knelt down over the floor holding his his father's helmet is um 
is a moment in, in Star Wars which which has stood the test of time. That specific shot you see it in GIF form all the time on Twitter. Um, so yeah, just a little little shout out to to Boba in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, he uh, he serves a purpose. Does good. He does a good job. I think. Um, I mean, I was going to jump to. Nothing. It's not particularly special stuff that Boba does. I think in the original trilogy, but I was I was just going to make note of just how. Um, as a character, as I literally just said, doesn't do particularly much. It is I have to give him absolute credit for just how iconic he was from doing literally nothing. I mean, it takes a certain amount of screen presence to create such a fandom of a character who I think for 90% of the shots he's in is just standing there holding his rifle. <laughs> um, you know, I think when we first see him in um, uh, Empire Strikes Back in the lineup, he's just standing there holding his rifle. Uh, when he just appears out of nowhere in, I think it's Empire Strikes Back as well, and, you know, behind Darth Vader in the old dining room scene. Again, just doing nothing, standing there holding his rifle. Um, uh, and then he makes one it, comment, doesn't he, to, to Darth Vader about how like Solo is the deal that they have and that Solo's his, and then that, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I, I think, does he fire off a few shots at Luke uh, during yeah. the... Yeah, but he misses. Yeah, Yeah. he does. He he clearly wasn't aiming to kill. I mean, Vader obviously gave him strict instructions not to uh, kill Luke Skywalker, otherwise he would have landed every shot, I'm sure. I think Um, one of the cool moments in Empire is, it's just a little subtle moment, but when, you know, Han does his really cool um, floating away with the garbage from the Star Destroyer to escape them, and then we just sort of see the Slave One sort of pop up into shot and, and Boba Fett you know, following Han away in sort of the giving the understanding that Boba was smart enough to figure out what Han was doing and track him, which I think is, you know, is one of these things where it's just a little moment in the film, but I think it tells you a lot about Boba's character on reflection after we know so much about him. And I think, you know, we, we can take from that that perhaps him and Han Solo have, got, have, you know, got more history previous to Empire Strikes Back than we know about and he's probably figured out you know that old scoundrel's techniques by this point so that's a little moment in Empire which is always just like yeah he can he can trick the Empire but he can't trick Boba Fett yeah very true I mean Boba Fett wasn't fooling for that so yeah, that's, a, that's a good point actually and then is it it's imp- I don't know if it was ever confirmed or if it was just implied that um, Boba Fett was the one that like, went to go um <clears throat> to Luke Skywalker's like hut, and like he burnt um, Luke's aunt and uncle. I can't remember if that was ever confirmed or if that was just like a theory I saw on Twitter. Because yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's either. been confirmed, but I think it's an interesting theory. I've heard people talk about it before. Yeah, because obviously in the lineup of the Empire Strikes Back, Vader's like points the problem is that like, no disintegrations. And it's like, well, obviously <laughs> clearly, he's clearly got a reputation for disintegrating people. Oh, he just saw from. Um, <laughs> Which we just saw at the end of, uh, well, the, in the New Hope with the absolute charred corpses of uh, Luke's aunt and uncle. So, I interesting theory, that, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I've seen it a few times. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think you mentioned it, the, the Bounty Hunters lineup. Like, that for me, even though it's just a shot of just a bunch of Bounty Hunters, it's something that's like seared in my memory of like, you know, seeing Boba Fett. I think it would have been the first time I would have seen Boba Fett because I think when he was, I think he was added, he was added into New Hope 
afterwards, like his his brief appearance in New Hope, when obviously they've re-edited Jabba, like that was all done after the fact. So I think the original time that I would have seen Empire, that would have been the first time I'd seen Boba Fett in that lineup. And I, I remember Boba Fett and Bosk being like the two that I like gravitated towards. It's like, damn, they look cool when I was a kid. So, you know, it's it's not exactly a badass Boba Fett moment, but it's just that shot for so many people is sort of their introduction really to Boba Fett as a character. Obviously I know that he was in the holiday special if people were watching the holiday special back then, but, and there were loads of toys coming out before even the film was released. Um, but for me, that was like the moment that I like spotted him and I was like, he looks cool. So does the big lizard. Um, so that's just a moment that it's worth talking about. Yeah. I mean, exactly. So for like a lot of people, as you said, that was their first introduction to Boba Fett and probably a lot of people you know, gravitated towards him <clears throat> from that scene to create the fandom that we've uh, that has been there ever since obviously that film so just just for him to stand out that much against such a, an impressive array of bounty hunters obviously you know seeing that in the cinema for the first time must have been incredible I suppose you know seeing like all these different unique looking characters like you've got Darth Vader obviously being like the big baddie and he's like he's the impressive one on screen much, so much screen presence but then you have all these other in- bounty hunters you've been introduced to, like, you know, Boss, Boba Fett, IG-ATA, um, you know, um, all these other Boba- bounty hunters. And then Boba Fett is the one that's stood out the most and, like, um, people have, have gravitated towards so much. That's, that's just an impressive feat in itself, really, that, mm-hmm. that yeah. not doing much, he's, he's gained such a reputation yeah, um, exactly. just from like, a couple of those scenes. And then I think the the other original trilogy moment that I do have to talk about, not necessarily as Boba Fett's proudest moment, but certainly his most iconic is his apparent death <laughs> in Return of the Jedi. Um, I mean, that sail barge scene is one of my favourite scenes in all of Star Wars. Like, I absolutely love Luke Skywalker walking the plank and, you know, doing the, you know, the jump and the flip and getting the light. So it's one of my all-time favourite Star Wars scenes. Um and it's just so funny that this character, who is so iconic, met his demise by... <laughs> well, I, I can't even quite... So Lando's like, Han, Boba Fett. And then Han's like, Boba Fett? Where's Boba Fett? And then turns around and hits his jetpack and then he ends up in the starlight pit. It's just such an embarrassing death for someone of such an iconic stature. And obviously we know, we know it's not a death anymore, but for however many years it was a death for so many people of Boba Fett. So I think it's, um, you know, George even talks about how like he wasn't proud of that. He actually, he he just didn't know what to do with Boba anymore. So he just thought, oh, I could just kill him. And he isn't proud of that death either. I think probably if he could, he'd probably redo it. Um, but I just think, you know, it's, it's definitely not his most badass moment at all because, you know, we know for a fact he's way stronger than someone who just gets taken out of the game that easily. But um, I just think it's, it's it is an iconic Boba Fett moment because it's a, th- a lot. A lot of the time, it's the thing that everyone remembers about Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely say it's an iconic moment. I think it's something that's sparked a lot of. Um, I want to. I want to say like pub pub debates, but obviously probably not in a pub. You know what I mean? Just like people sitting there going like, oh, he's dead. And I was like, oh, no, he's alive. And people being like, well, he can't be dead. He's, he's Boba Fett. Like, he can't be killed that easily. And others just going like, no, he was whacked into the jaws of a Sarlacc pit. You know, like, he's dead. You know, I feel like it's, it's impressive as a, for a character to have so much um, debate raised about him for, again, 
as I've said many times, like not doing much. Like the fact that someone would, I've done it myself, like sit in the corner and be like, no, you're wrong. He couldn't have died because he's Boba Fett. And it's just like, well, you know, if you then try and justify yourself by saying he's Boba Fett, you, you've ended up with diddly squat. Like there's, there's nothing to back up that statement. <laughs> well, I was definitely the person who was just like, look, he's a loser. See how quickly and easily he died. Han Solo couldn't even see when he killed him. <laughs> Yeah. To make matters worse, to, to rub salt in the runes even more, George Lucas had the absolute audacity to make the Sarlacc burp after it ate Boba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Incredible just, stuff. He <laughs> woke up Charles Violence that day. He was just like, no. Not George, George definitely saw all these people around the world being like, oh my God, this Boba Fett guy is so cool. And he was just like, screw all of them. <laughs> I'm going to ruin the day. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what it was. It was because. George Lucas obviously had wrote these three films and the main character is going to be Luke Skywalker and all that jazz. But if he didn't kill off Boba Fett in that moment in such an embarrassing way, Boba Fett was going to steal the show. That's what was happening. George saw it and was like, no, I've got to get rid of this guy in the most stupid, ridiculous way possible. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise no one's going to remember Luke Skywalker. Oh, and I really hope in Book of Boba Fett, like they just do like a little wink or just a, brief conversation about like acknowledging the fact that Boba Fett went out in such a ridiculous fashion. Like I hope him and Fennec are just like, so so what actually happened? Like how did you end up in the Sarlacc pit? And he was like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and then yeah. Han Solo wanders into a wanders into the palace. He's like, oh Boba, nice to see you. And then Boba's like, oh, it'd be great. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm kind of hoping they're just like out and about on the old dunes one day and uh, Boba Fett just like lets a rocket off and Fennec's like what, what are you shooting at and it just blows up some Sarlacc pattern in the distance and he's like no nothing nothing don't you worry he just got this like hatred for for the Sarlacc he um because I was reading a comic recently then there was there was a, a baby Sarlacc in it and they just sort of look like these disgusting little creatures but they you know they can sort of have this baby Sarlacc in a jar. And I just love the idea that Boba Fett gets a baby Sarlacc just to like torture it and watch it suffer for all for those five years of pain that he had to go through. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't blame him. Uh, I'd understand that. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a proud man, I'm sure. Uh, so he needs, to, he needs to let his anger out somehow. Definitely. So yeah, even though it's definitely not Boba Fett's proudest moment, um, it is one that... Um, that is, as we said, so iconic. And obviously there's some cool shots of Boba Fett just standing there in Jabba's palace as well. Um, I like the little moment where like he's like talking to like the Twi'lek. Is it I think it's a Twi'lek, like the, the lady who sort of comes over to him and he sort of just like stood there, you know, just doing some like classic standing at the bar grafting sort of sort of lines you could tell. Um so yeah, just Boba Fett's presence in Jabba's palace is obviously pretty um, badass as well but for him to go out in the way that he does is one of the most iconic iconic and ironic moments in Star Wars history I think <laughs> yeah definitely but um, thankfully thankfully he lives. our prayers are answered <laughs> and we have since since that horrific ending in uh, the original trilogy we justice have been, is done <clears throat> justice has been done and we have been blessed with some absolutely phenomenal, God, I'm I'm to change my word completely. Absolutely fantastic, phenomenal, phenomenal. I'm not going to bother. Podcasters are better at speaking. 
<laughs> Absolutely fantastic scenes uh, of Boba Fett in some more extended multimedia um, within the Star Wars universe um, since the original trilogy. Thank, thank the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Thank goodness. I think we will come to <clears throat> his season two return um, right at the, as the last thing we talk about. I just wanted to ask if you had any comic moments you wanted to chuck into the discussion before we get to Mando season two. Uh, I mean, I know we only briefly mentioned it last week, but obviously the the most recent um, Boba Fett outings we've seen is obviously in, in War of the Bounty Hunters, um, which uh, obviously we talked about in more in depth last week. But <clears throat> there's some obviously some fantastic scenes in that of Boba Fett going toe to toe against numerous bounty hunters like Chewbacca. Uh, you know, like the scenes of him and Slave One um, are fighting. Imperials and huts and, and stuff. So I mean, he goes to sort of like Bosk, uh, Dengar, uh, Chewbacca. Yeah, he really messes you know. Bosk up, um, which is definitely a badass Boba Fett moment, I think. And even though it's a badass moment, um, it's one I absolutely dislike is him setting fire to Chewbacca as well. That's something that how dare he set fire to my boy Chewbacca. Chewbacca's the cuddly dog of the group and he got set on fire by Boba Fett. So it is a badass and cool Boba Fett moment, but at the same time, I'm like, gosh darn it, Boba. Yeah, I mean, Boba Fett makes a point in that um, that little altercation about the like other Wookiee hairs he's got on his on his armour, which oh, I, know. I hadn't really drawn much attention to I know. until we mentioned it in that scene. Obviously, he's got like the braids of like, Wookiee hair on his right shoulder, I think. Yeah. Um, from obviously previously slain Wookiees, oh, which, you know, disgusting. anyone in the Star Wars universe and Star Wars fans know, like, killing a Wookiee is not an easy feat. No. Um, you know, they are the, and some of the strongest, feet, most well. powerful aliens in the in the Star Wars universe <laughs> and can quite easily tear man limb from limb. Uh, so the fact that Boba Fett's gone toe-to-toe with, I think he had two braids on his, on his arm. Yeah. He's gone toe-to-toe with at least two and, and killed them and walked be, away alive is an yeah. impressive feat. It'd be interesting if in um, Book of Boba Fett, um, a Wookiee pops up and is just like really pissed off that he like killed his like father or brother or something, and Boba has to fight a Wookiee for us to see in live action. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Because I mean, I feel like Wookiee hunting and like bounty hunters who are like notorious for slaying Wookiees. You, the first one you think of is obviously Bosk. Like, you know, yeah. Trandoshans and the Wookiees have been at war and stuff for generations. And I don't know why I like Bosk, to be honest, because he just kills, he like rounds up and kills Wookiees, and I love Wookiees. So, you know, my my, fa- my, my big fandom for, for Bosk is sort of, is um, constantly at, at debate because I do frequently remind myself that he is a Wookiee killer. Um, but yeah, Boba has also killed a few Wookiees as well. Yeah, so I think... I think a lot of people are sleeping on are sleeping on that fact that that Boba is is quite capable of going toe to toe with a with a Wookiee um, and not only surviving but coming out on top as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the most uh, famous of examples is Chewbacca, but I feel like an extended fight there. I feel like Chewbacca would probably take the edge just because yeah. uh, he's Chewbacca, but um, he's, he's still you know ending in a stalemate of setting Chewbacca alight. So that's that's a that's an impressive feat for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a lot of as 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 we sort of talked about last week. There's a lot of epic Boba Fettness in um, 
in the War of the Bounty Hunters series. And I, I don't really, would, I'm not going to just repeat all the ones that we already mentioned last week. You can go back and listen to last week's episode if you want to hear some of the, the War of the Bounty Hunters stuff. But it is a great Boba Fett story and there's some really cool Boba Fett moments in there. And sort of, as you were saying, you, you know, for great Boba Fett moments, you may as well just take that entire six issue um, graphic novel as a great Boba Fett moment because there's plenty of it. Um, there is one comic moment I do want to mention, which is from... Oh, it's one that plays out across like two different comics. It's from the early 2015 volumes of um, the main Star Wars series and the Darth Vader series. Um, and in in that story, Darth Vader is trying to figure out who this plucky young rebel pilot who blew up the Death Star was. Um, because I think like they meet quite soon after um, the Bally Avon and... I think Vader like sees that Luke has like his essentially lightsaber or Anakin's lightsaber and that makes him think right who on earth is this kid so then he sends Boba out to try and get some information and Boba goes to old Ben's hut on Tatooine um, but runs into Luke when he's there and then Luke and Boba Fett have a little scrap in old Ben's hut and then I think Luke Luke pretty much has to Run who way? I mean, it is a stalemate essentially. But is it is it Boba who runs or Luke who runs? Do, do you remember? I'm trying to off the top of my head. I can't remember. I feel like Luke brings the hut down on them, but I could be wrong. Oh yeah, and then Boba just manages to get away with like the information, and then yeah, yeah, and so that's a really cool little fight scene. Then, but then there's a the great scene in the Darth Vader comic, which is one of my favourite. So, um series of panels is when uh, we've talked about it as this when we did our Darth Vader greatest moments um, but when Boba Fett reveals to Darth Vader the name of the, the rebel pilot who blew up the Death Stars as Skywalker um, and I just think you know obviously that's a really important Darth Vader moment but you know it, the I think it's a really significant thing in canon that Boba Fett was the one who found out Luke's you know who told Darth Vader that Luke was Luke Skywalker um, and that that was the moment Vader really found out he had a son and it was from the lips of Boba Fett. So I think, you know, it's it's a cool little fight between him and Luke, but the important moment really is the fact that it's Boba Fett who delivers the news and it's interesting to see that Vader clearly had, you know, like Boba was sort of like his bounty hunter on retainer. Like, it, you know, Vader trusted Boba to get the job done um, frequently before we even saw him in Empire Strikes Back. So it's, it's good that they established that the two of them had this sort of like working relationship where like Boba would, you know, he just wanted to get paid and Darth Vader respected that he got the job done. So they sort of had that little that little pairing sort of before we even saw them in Empire Strikes Back. So I think that's a that's a, a cool moment from the comics. Yeah, 100%. It's such a pivotal moment in the Star Wars universe in uh, in canon. So yeah, as you say, it's, it's great that Boba Fett was the one to deliver this news to... um to vader and then again as you say like it, it just shows the the trust and the faith that you know vader has with boba fett you know vader someone who doesn't really take failure that well you know you see it multiple times in the original trilogy you know if someone fails vader with a task they usually just get like choked out um or killed in some way because you know vader's not one that's like that much for second chances so if you screw up once you're uh, you're kind of out the out the game so the fact that Boba Fett is someone that, yeah, Vader constantly relies on and kind of, yeah, as you say, has on retainer. And then 
not only that, but someone with who does such important missions and jobs for Vader. It's just uh, an impressive feat in in itself that he's, you know, trusted so much by um, the Emperor's right hand man. is a is an impressive feat for uh, Boba Fett, and surely one to go on the CV for that one. That's a good reference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or could be seen as a very bad reference. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be, be interesting to see if, if in Book of Boba Fett they deal with sort of Boba's feelings towards that time that he spent working for Vader. Um, because obviously we're sort of hopefully going to be seeing him Book of Boba Fett like him trying to turn a bit of a new leaf. I don't know if that's just a um, misdirect in the trailers and, you know, it's going to be some break a bad story of him going from back to his, his old ways of being a bad guy. But I don't, I don't think it is. I think they're trying to tell the story of, you know, a little bit of like, you know, seeing a new perspective on the galaxy after being eaten by a Sarlacc and Boba Fett being a slightly changed character. And, and if that is the case, then I think him reflecting upon the time that he spent working for Vader probably be quite an interesting conversation to see unfold on screen just because I think that when he looks back on it does he just think yeah the money was good I don't really care who paid me I was a bounty hunter or is he going to feel guilt for some of the things that he maybe did under Vader are there going to be flashbacks to see some of the things that he did when he was working for Vader who knows but I think it's um, I think it's something that I want to see because I think it's a big part of Boba Fett's character is the amount of years that he spent you know, as we said, just being Vader's retainer bounty hunter. So um, hopefully it gets addressed. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see if they'll ever mention that um, obviously uh, Vader is Anakin Skywalker and whether like Boba Fett knows that or like or how he'd care if he knew. Because I mean, it's obviously not like public knowledge, but Boba Fett being one of the you know most notorious bounty hunters in the galaxy might might somehow be drip fed the information. And I'd be interested to see if um, if he ever does find out like how that makes him feel about like the jobs he did, like his redemption or something. Because if, <clears throat> as you're saying, if he's trying to turn it over a new leaf, it'd be interesting to see if he if that the fact that a Jedi turned like notorious Sith ruler, you know, like one of the most evil people in the galaxy. I wonder if that would have an impact on his uh, new leaf turning um, phase yeah. of his life. <laughs> Uh, and no, it would yeah, it would be interesting to get some answers about that. What what did Boba Fett know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, plus then would it then I I'd like a nice in, interesting conversation about the his relationship with Vader being so close because obviously um Anakin's relationship with a lot of the clones, would that have crossed Boba Fett's mind if he finds out that Vader is Anakin and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Like, would it make him feel like he wasn't special? He was just, you know, like it was just like routine for Vader to go to a quote clone unquote you know sort of thing um yeah questions I'd like answered I don't know if they ever will be they're they're very niche questions I think we'll definitely get some stuff about like Boba what Boba's opinion on himself is in relation to being a clone because obviously he's he's a clone but he's a very unique and special clone does he see clones as like inferior to him you know what's what's this whole relationship with the fact that he is a clone and everything? I think is a something that I hope, I, I think they probably will deal with at least a little bit. Like a, yeah, Tamara Morrison's already on set. You know they could just put, put a, a little beard on him and call him Captain Rex, and you know have Boba Fett bump into him. I, I think maybe that might get a bit too fan servicey, but if the story serves, it, I think it could be a cool thing to see. Um, 
but I, I have seen like quite a few people talking about it's sort of like a little sort of like fun little fan theory about how like the reason that Vader picked Boba Fett is like the bounty hunter he used a lot is because like Anakin, like the deep down Anakin like liked the sound of his voice because it reminded him of Rex. Um, I, I don't know if that's you know something that people agree with. I've seen people talk about it quite a lot online. It's never been something that's been confirmed or anything, but I think it's like a little, you know, suggestion that possibly the reason that Vader used Boba Fett was because it reminded him of his relationship with Rex. Yeah, I've seen that come up a few times on like Twitter and like social media and stuff. And I mean, um, I don't know if something that'll ever get confirmed. Maybe in this book of Boba Fett, there might be like a, a line mentioning something or something like that. <clears throat> um, I doubt it, but it, it's a nice theory. I think it suits it. It makes Vader's character seem a lot more um, emotional and like uh, tragic. I think is the word I want to go for, which is what yeah. people tend to gravitate towards Vader. To you mm-hmm. know, you you have your people gravitate towards Vader because he's the first fucking like terrifying badass guy in the world. And then like the other side, he's got two sides of him. It's like it's a tragic villain story, which is yeah. obviously very captivating. So I'd be interested to see if they confirm it. I doubt it, but mm-hmm. it's a nice theory. Should we, should we dive into, because I mean, there's quite a few great Boba Fett moments in season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. I think this was, this was the moment for me when I was just like, damn, I'm, I'm on the Boba Fett hype train now. I think thinking back to, you know, watching season two of The Mandalorian, being up at eight in the morning as the episode came out, the chapter, the season two, chapter one, um, because they, no, but it wasn't chapter one. It was like chapter nine because they kept the chapters going. Anyway, the, the first episode of season two and, you know, sick episode, obviously we saw Boba Fett's armor come back in, you know, in Cobb Vamp. Um, and I'd already read the aftermath novels. So I knew about Cobb Vamp. So I was really excited just to see a book character like in live action. I was like, okay, this is awesome. And then that moment at the end where you see Mando racing across the, the sands of Tatooine on his speeder and the, Boba Fett, Tamara Morrison's face appears on screen in his sort of Tuscan garbs that he's wearing. Um, that was that because I definitely was just like, you know, jaw open, like, oh my god, he is still alive. Um, and then I remember just like waiting for all the boys to finish watching the episode. So, like, oh, lads, Boba Fett is alive. <laughs> um, what was your reaction to to seeing that moment where he? Obviously, it wasn't the return of Boba Fett that we got in episode six with him putting the armor back on, but the initial seeing that he was still alive, um, more than just the feat in um, season one, where it could or couldn't have been Boba, but this was definitely Boba. Oh, I mean, it was it was fantastic. I mean, it was such a, as you said, that episode, that first episode was just such a fantastic episode anyway. Um, <clears throat> and uh, having Boba Fett's armor in it, I thought was, as I was watching the episode, I was like, oh, this is like cool, a nice little nod to Boba Fett, like an unbelievable character, or one of my favourite characters, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously, yeah, at the end of the episode, turns out, bam, he's there, still alive. Not only is he still alive, but um, the legend himself, Tamir Morrison, is back playing, um, well, is here playing Boba Fett. Um, so that was just, oh, absolute dream come true moment. And it was, I was like, finally, we're going to get some justice for Boba. I yeah. was like, surely he'll be back at some point in this season to to really show, show us Boba Fett. Boba Fett fans, what we've been missing. Well, yeah, because I, I was a hundred percent like, that's it. I was like, we've seen him. They've confirmed he's alive. I don't think we're going to see him again. 
this season. I subscribed to that because I didn't really want to get, you know, my hopes up too much. As like, they've got a lot going on this season. I don't think we're going to see Boba Fett again. And I think people were hoping that he would show up in the next episode, which he obviously didn't. And, you know, a few episodes went past and he hadn't come back and everyone was sort of like, okay, maybe we're not getting Boba Fett this season. And then a little old episode six, uh, the, I think it was called The Tragedy was the episode name, came along and um, <clears throat> that was the episode where we got the proper proper return of of Boba Fett. I actually just rewatched like most of that episode. I skipped the first bit where there was no Boba Fett in it, but I rewatched it a couple of hours ago. Um and oh I absolutely love that episode. That was the episode that completely sold me on Boba Fett as a unbelievably cool and brilliant character. And um, what's what was your what was your reaction to that? I mean I imagine, you know, when you're thinking Boba Fett's greatest moments for you, that's probably up there. Yeah, this one was, this is number one, like top tier. This is, I mean, um, it was just, as I've I've literally said a few times, but this was literally just like the justification that all Boba Fett diehard fans had been like waiting for to, you know, put in in their ammunition for years. Uh, This is just a moment where we see not only Boba Fett come back um, as like an older, older gentleman, obviously, but then we get to see just the absolute, skill brutality and just absolute badassness of Boba Fett that we'd been waiting for and we'd been shouting from the rooftops about but not been able to shout very much because we didn't have much ammunition to go with so having this um to show it on screen for us was uh for Boba Fett fans and everything was just oh unbelievable I mean it was oh, dream dream come true to be honest with you yeah it's, oh, it's such an epic moment like you know it's good obviously we see the, the slave one sort of flying through the sky early, a bit earlier on. And then we're like, Oh, okay, it's happening. And then, you know, you see Boba sort of with a cloak up sort of walking. And then eventually him and Mando have a confrontation. Boba wants his armor back and he has the line, you know, I'm just um, simple because I think he says it slightly differently. He says, I'm just a simple man making my way through the galaxy. Um, and then obviously they, they team up when the empire arrive and obviously get the absolute savage, um, incredible performance from tomorrow Morrison of him just battering stormtroopers around the head of his gaffy stick and his facial expressions when he's doing that is absolutely incredible. And then I think the moment that, <clears throat> you know, even as someone who wasn't that big a Boba Fett fan, um, the moment that I think the entire world was waiting for was like Boba putting that armor back on and appearing and just absolutely <laughs> messing up every single stormtrooper that was there to the point that they just turned around and ran for their lives and then got blown out the sky with his with his rocket. Um, it was oh such the the action. It's why I'm so excited for Book of Bob Fett because that episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez, who is. <clears throat> like joining up with Filoni Favreau to sort of, you know, co-lead the book of Boba Fett. And he's also directing, I think three episodes. Um, so that Robert Rodriguez knows how to, how to handle Boba Fett in terms of action and, you know, everything. That beautiful new score from Ludwig Göransson, the new sort of Boba Fett theme, which is such an epic and cool theme. It just fits his character perfectly. Oh, what a what a return. And definitely for me, my favorite Boba Fett moment of all time. Yeah, I mean, it was just everything from the yeah, he's fine with the gaffy stick to the uh knee blasters, um, to the blowing up the ship afterwards. It was just oh, it's just so much. <laughs> it was just <clears throat> so good to get to see him back and get to see him well in action for the the first time, really. 
Um, and yeah, it was bloody fantastic. I mean, I can just imagine like just like the stormtroopers, they're like fighting. I can imagine them. A few of them probably like fighting, and then I'm sure there must be some from you know the original trilogy days of the Empire who are just like, is that is that fucking Boba Fett? <laughs> It's like this man's meant to be dead, and then being like, you know what, screw this, like I'm out of here. Like they, they clearly, I've obviously oh, have heard of him if they're stormtroopers from the <laughs> Empire days. They're just like, oh fuck this. I'm fighting Boba Fett. Yeah, I'd love like a, from a certain point of view, um, like a short story of like one of the stormtroopers there, like r- realizing he was like, oh damn, that's Boba Fett. He's like, oh, boys, I'm out. I've had enough. This isn't worth it. <laughs> Yeah. I've seen what he used to do back in the day with him and Vader were chilling. Yeah, exactly. It's, I can imagine like one, I'd love one of those stormtroopers to be like, yeah, you know, they used to work on like Vader's uh, Star Destroyer or something. And I've seen Boba Fett many a times as he's done jobs for Vader. You know, like <clears throat> I'd love, you know, like the little one shot comic strip that they do as well, like something like that, where like um, you see that like, Boba like come back from a job, just like armors like covered in blood and there's that like, one stormtrooper witnessing it and then this is him like <laughs> 10 years later as he's like up against Boba Fett on this episode of Mandalorian it's like you know what no no it's I'm going the Empire is not worth my time he's <laughs> <laughs> like see you see you later yeah <clears throat> no it's such a such an unreal moment and I think that as much as I love the action the episode so much it's perfect I think just the conversations with him and Mando and Fennec Shand like obviously before they start fighting and then when they fight afterwards and he sort of confirms I think a big bit of confirmation in canon that Jango Fett himself was a foundling which you know makes Boba Fett an official Mandalorian as opposed to a sort of Mandalorian running about uh, a non-Mandalorian running about Mandalorian armor which I think was a big moment for canon those conversations are great. It's really nice to see this sort of like respect that Din Djarin sort of has for Boba Fett when he sees the way he fights. And he's just like, yeah, you can keep the armor. <laughs> it belongs to you. Um, so yeah, I think that whole episode's incredible and just something that I completely was not expecting out of that series of The Mandalorian. And when I'm sitting here, you know, two days away from Book of Boba Fett starting and thinking like, those were some of the things that we got in the Mandalorian when we had absolutely no expectation that that is what we were going to get, you know, what might we get this time that we're, we're not expecting. So, um, yeah, that is for sure my favorite Boba Fett moment. I do just have a couple of honorable mentions from season two of the Mandalorian. Cause obviously he's in episode seven and eight, but he takes a bit of a backseat because, you know, the Mandalorian is Din and Grogu's story and they did a good job of like having Boba Fett there to support but he didn't steal the show which I think was they let him steal the show in episode 6 and 7 and 8 they sort of stand back but one of my favourite moments it's just a little comedy line is when um, <laughs> it's when they're talking about who's going to go into the facility in episode 7 because of the face scanner and when Boba Fett's and Din turns to him and he's like Fett and he's just like let's just say they might recognise my face <laughs> I think that's such a funny line but also like completely makes sense canonically so i just think that's one of my favorite boba fett moments is like a little comedy moment that is actually just like it's funny but it's also yeah of course they're gonna recognize his face he's a clone <laughs> yeah no that's that was a, <clears throat> a great great little nod there to the uh to like the clone wars era and stuff and like obviously the the order 66 and everything like that. yeah great great little nod to uh to that i i there's a few yeah you know, other bits of dialogue actually that boba fett i think delivers so well 
um, in the other two episodes that he's in. It's like the one where he's like having a little argument with, um, oh my God, I've forgotten her name. The Mandalorian woman. Um, it's a team sister. Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. Yeah, yeah. I, know t- I know the moment you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and she and she makes a comment about like, she's heard his voice like a thousand times. Something like that. I can't remember what he says back to her. Something, but it was like, I remember watching him being like, Jesus, this boy's uh, not holding anything back. I think some of the lines of like, it might be the last you hear or something like that. Or, yeah. I can't remember what's on my head. Yeah, no, I like, that, I like that line the, about his voice. Um, I think it's just like something that needs to be acknowledged because I think, you know, so many Star Wars fans love the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars era. And we know that like clones are there's millions of them. They're all, they all look pretty similar and sound pretty much the same. So the fact that Boba Fett is one of them is going to come up in conversation. <laughs> so the fact that they've acknowledged that in the Mandalorian, I love it. Yeah. I mean, I just pose the question is like, how general is the knowledge that Boba Fett is a clone? Like, I don't actually know. It's probably, we might've been answered before somewhere in, um, in Canon, but obviously everyone knows, I'm assuming most people in the galaxy know if they know Boba Fett is are aware that he's like Jango Fett's son, but then how many of them are aware that he is mm. just literally like a clone? He's not actually yeah. like his biological son. He's literally just a clone of him. Well, um, there's a moment um, in the comics um, in War of the Bounty Hunters where he's like, he's got like a cloak on and he's chatting to Dr. Afra, and she's just instantly, he says like one sentence and he's like, she's like, you're a clone. <laughs> and I can't remember, someone says something and she's like, yeah, I've watched like enough old like historical videos of clone wars like clone wars hollows or something like that so i think it might just be that i think if if you're well versed enough and you have a good enough memory i think you probably realize quite quickly that he's a clone but i think there's probably a lot of people who don't know what a clone sounds like because i imagine a lot of the traces of the clones have probably been wiped out over the empire's reign and i think you know a lot of people would would have only seen the clones fighting in the Clone Wars, they wouldn't have had like actual like conversations with them. So I think people like Dr. Afra have good historical knowledge because obviously that she's an archaeologist. Um and you know, people who have had actual conversations with clones, probably if they spoke to Boba, they'd be like, all right, yeah, Boba's a clone. But I actually don't think it would be common knowledge because I think the amount of people in that timeline who actually know what clones look and sound like is probably very small. Yeah. That's very true. So yeah, so those so, like conversations that he has then with characters <clears throat> such as like Bo-Katan, I think they're just a very for like a someone who's just watching the show because it's like a hype and they just want to like see what's about. Probably like a passing comment they probably wouldn't even realise. But obviously to Star Wars fans and people who have watched other multimedia's and like clones, the Clone Wars and all the other films stuff like that, it's probably it's a nice it's a nice nod and a little bit of. I suppose it's a little bit of fan service, but then makes sense within the dialogue and the characters that they're, they're talking about. So I, I always appreciate those those sort of scenes. They're always cool. Yeah. And then talking of fan service, I mean, this is a moment that was brilliant and very entertaining, but it kind of didn't really need to be there. But you can just tell Dave and John were like, we're putting it in. It was at the end of episode seven where he is flying away in the slave one and getting chased by TIE fighters and he just drops the seismic charge. <laughs> that was a moment that like all... Star Wars fans were just like held their breath waiting for that that noise to happen. Um, I think it's just I think John and Dave would probably sit down and be like, "Yeah, that that we did that one for a for the fans and b for us because we love that noise and we know the fans do." But it's just another great moment just seeing Boba Fett's you know first seismic charge since two thousand and two. Yeah, great. 
a great scene. I think I did actually like <clears throat> hold my breath until the, the bomb went off. You know, it's one of those things where it's just like dead silence. And then uh, you're probably sitting there in your chair, like not making a sound to go along with uh, what's happening on the screen. And then obviously once it goes off, you're just like, yes. It's yeah, such an iconic sound. Um, and then the, the final moment, which I think will probably act as a good way to draw this conversation to a close, which is actually has become, you know, one of my favourite Boba Fett moments already is him killing Bib Fortuna at the end of The Mandalorian in that sort of post-credit scene. I think, you know, it's probably one that gets overlooked because it is a post-credit scene, but, you know, Boba Fett just marching into Jabba's palace and, um, you know, Bib Fortuna being like, oh, blah, 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 like, I thought you were dead. Like, how have you been, basically? And Boba just says nothing, kills him, pushes him off the throne and then takes his his proud place of where he belongs and just the epic music, everything that's playing in that moment. I think that's such a great Boba Fett moment. It says so much about him and his character and, you know, what he might be up to going forward. And obviously we know that more now because we've seen trailers for the book of Boba Fett. But at that time it was just like, oh damn. So he's gone back to Jabba's palace and now he, he wants to sit in Jabba's throne. This is cool. This is a new direction for the character. Um, so I think a, an iconic Boba Fett moment an exciting one. And I just think, you know, we want to talk about Boba Fett being a badass. Him just strolling into Jabba's palace and just shooting Bib Fortuna is it's a pretty epic Boba Fett moment. Yeah, I completely agree. It's such a it's such a bold way to obviously start off the next chapter in uh, Boba Fett's book, which is obviously going to be the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The way he just swans in there and he's just like, you know what? This is mine now. I'm taking it. Kills him, sits on the throne. Is that sweet? Now what? <clears throat> I think it sets up Book of Boba Fett brilliantly, and uh, it's I'm I'm so excited for it in the next two days to, to come out. Or what what a show is going to be? I just love that, like in some media since then, like comics and stuff, we've seen like Boba Fett and Bib like talking, and clearly, like Boba Fett just did not like Bib Fortuna. <laughs> like you could just tell that Boba Fett never liked him. So it was almost you can always imagine that, like when Boba Fett. Like even though his his helmet's on and he's dead serious, you tell under his face he had a little smile. He's just like, finally managed to get rid of this guy. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he's probably wanting to do that for years, and he's. I love it's just like he's finished his stuff with the Mando. You know, he's, he's helped him out as as he said he would. And he's like, you know what? First things first, straight to Tatooine. That big fortune is getting. Blasted. He's getting. He's, he's like. He's like. His bucket list of things that he was like when he was sat in the Sarlacc pit of like figuring out what what he still needs to do in his life if he survives this. He's like, oh, Bib, damn that guy. <laughs> yeah, it was top of the list. He's been plotting for years. <laughs> I think the 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 only other thing that I'll add, which just came to my head, is in that final episode of The Mandalorian. Like Boba Fett isn't. He doesn't have that bigger role within that final you know, the attack on the cruiser, he's the one who stays behind in the Slave One and is essentially, you know, he's the getaway guy. He doesn't get involved. And I always, at the time, was just like, that makes sense. He would overshadow Din if he was not overshadowed, but take away from that episode being really important to Din's character if Boba Fett was also there kicking ass as well. <clears throat> but now I've just thought of it. It's just like, I, I think the reason that they didn't use him is because they didn't want him to run into Luke because if Luke just rocks up onto the ship to collect baby Yoda and then Boba Fett standing there, that would be be an interesting conversation for the two of them to have because Luke does not like Boba, obviously because all the bad stuff Boba's done, you know, they've had a fight. They've had multiple fights actually. Um, 
you know, Boba helped kidnap Han and throws him in carbonite. You know, the Boba Fett in Luke's books is a pretty bad guy. So I think looking back at it now, I'm like the reason that John and Dave couldn't put Boba Fett on the, you know, with the rest of the squad on the cruisers because if him and Luke ran into each other, that'd probably <laughs> probably be Boba dead. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I remember, oh, it must have been a couple of weeks after that episode came out. I remember seeing on like Twitter or like TikTok or something, just like memes of that, of like, it was, I think the captions were just like Luke and Bob are like flying past each other on the way out. And it was just, I can't remember what film it was from, but it's like two guys in a car just like staring at each other, like giving each other a side <laughs> eye. And that was like definitely how it would have been if like <clears throat> they'd crossed paths. Like Luke would just been like, Jesus, is that, is that Boba Fett? And Bob was like, oh, fuck. I'm not trying to get out there. <laughs> like Luke, Luke's, leaving, Luke's leaving the cruiser in his X-Wing. He's got Baby Yoda sat in his lap. R2's bleeping away and then he just sees the Slave 1 and he just he just does like a double take. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Gets think, on the phone to Han and he's just like, Han, I've got to tell you something. He's still alive. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think John and Dave did actually quite a good job though of like writing it in well enough so that that wasn't immediately obvious. <clears throat> why like they just left Boba Fett out of the episode yeah, it, it's, yeah I mean, it's taken me a year to figure out I literally figured it out today because I was just like oh yeah they just didn't want to overshadow Din Djarin like, that makes sense it's like of course they didn't put Boba in because if him and Luke bumped into each other oh we'd be kicking off yeah it was like because you could watch obviously like 95% of the episode and you could just be like well Boba Fett should have been in this like obviously apart from the fact that as you say would have like, overshadowed Din's character but then you get to the last five like five minutes you're like oh okay that makes sense now but just I think they did a good job of writing it in so you were so intensely focused on what Din was doing or was doing obviously that episode that you didn't even notice that Boba Fett wasn't there yeah yeah I mean that's a that's a perfect episode Star Wars television that one and um oh I just the, the the amount of faith that I have in the creative team who is running these Disney Plus shows that you know that I they could turn around and say that they're making a show about Jar Jar Binks. And even as someone who does not like Jar Jar Binks, never wants to see Jar Jar Binks again, I'd still be like, I trust, I trust John and Dave. I trust the directors and the writers that they, they hire to do episodes. I trust the producing team, Kathleen Kennedy, them, I can't remember what the other guy is, but who are quite involved in Mandalorian as well. You know, I just have so much faith that my excitement for Book of Boba Fett is through the roof right now. Um, yeah, two sleeps and then and then we've got it. Yeah, exactly. I'm very much looking forward to um to watching it on Wednesday. I don't actually know what day it is today. Today's Monday. Yeah, Wednesday. Um, and then obviously talking about it on next week's episode. It's going to be an absolute blast. Yeah, I'm going to find out the exact time that that episode drops in the UK. Set my alarm five minutes before. Get up, splash some water in my face, get myself awake, and I'll be watching it. <laughs> yeah, watching it live. <laughs> it's, yeah, good, good idea. Because I think. Bad Batch, I think I just sort of watched when I woke up <clears throat> or when I got breaks, sort of, you know, from sitting at the desk working and stuff like that. And I feel like because of Bad Batch, I love Bad Batch, but obviously it had a smaller audience. It wasn't quite, you know, talked about in the same way that like the Mandalorian was. And I think the Book of Bob is going to have that Mandalorian level of like a lot of people around the world are going to be watching this show. So I think spoilers will be dropping on Twitter straight away so i'm gonna be in there no spoilers i'm gonna see it before anyone else does and then as you said we'll be ready to talk about it on the podcast every week yeah i'm very much looking forward to it it's definitely the 
I think it's going to be like the next best Star Wars product project since like obviously like Mando. Um, and I think every week, kind of every episode is going to be unbelievable, and I'm yeah. unbelievably hyped. I've, yeah, I think it's going to be great. And obviously, in this episode, we've been talking about you know Boba Fett's greatest moments in canon, and you know the big caveat that caveat with that is that is so far um, because I think you know maybe the maybe eight out of the top ten Boba Fett moments are still to come probably in the next seven weeks. So um, whilst we've just been celebrating some of the great Boba Fett moments we've had so far, I think you know, the best is still to come. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I reckon there's gonna be some unbelievable moments in these in these next few episodes. Um well across the whole season I think. <clears throat> I definitely agree. And I just oh, I just so happy that Tamara Morrison is like that they chose Tamara Morrison to do it. I think, you know, it's it's brilliant that an actor in his like late sixties is, you know, able to pour so much like energy and, you know, prowess into this role. And I think he deserves it. I think his his performance, Boba Fett, was incredible in season two of The Mandalorian, and I'm sure it's going to be even more incredible for the show. See, I'm, I'm I'm gassed for for Boba Fett fans for Tamara Morrison himself because he clearly loves like Star Wars and being in it, and the guy just looks so excited about this show. So yeah, I'm um, I'm buzzing. Yeah, me too. I'm really happy for him. Um, he's got to come back and and do this. I mean, it's not even like he's reprised on a role. It's like totally completely new character, but I'm just so yeah, glad that he, exactly. he was chosen to, to come in and, and do this because one, obviously it makes complete sense that it is him to come in and do this. And, and two, as you you know, says he, from watching like the behind the scenes things of Mando season two and stuff, he, he just seems to absolutely love it. And this, this is like <laughs> the most excited he's been for like a project in ages. So I'm, I'm very pleased for him and I'm, I have full faith that he'll put his all in for it. And he is technically the luckiest actor in the entire world because he there's like millions of characters that Tamara Morrison can play. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to read his contract. I, I mean... <laughs> oh, I bet like, he has got the, the... I bet, like, they decided for the Disney Plus era of Star Wars, they, they're like, we're going to sign him on to every project and just put clones everywhere. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, he must be earning... Like, if they end up doing, like, a Clone Wars... Um, like flashback or something like that with just like millions of Tamir Morrison. He's going to be earning bank if he's if he's got the right contract. Yeah, he's, he's not, he's not like stupid, this. is he? He's got his lawyer to be like he gets paid for every second that his face is on screen, times by the amount of people that his yeah. face is on. <laughs> yeah. Plus, then imagine if he's got that same contract for like toys and stuff. God, oh, he's going to be God. minted. He's going to be loving it, <laughs> and yeah. he fully deserves it. He does. He does. He's awesome. Um, the energy that he brings to the role is so unique. And I just, one of my favorite videos ever is just that video of him just like sat in the Polynesian spa being like, I've just got done filming Book of Boba. <laughs> just, he just, he just, he just, he's such a cool dude. And he just looks so proud to be a Boba Fett. So, yeah, big up tomorrow, Morrison. I'm very excited for, for seeing his work come to life on, uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, me too. Big up. Very excited to see what he brings to the table. Right, I think we can uh, we can wrap up there. We've we've uh, given you some of our our top Boba Fett moments for that you know, to wrap up our little journey to the Book of Boba Fett section of the podcast. Um, next week's episode will be episode one of the Book of Boba Fett. We will be breaking down favorite moments from the episodes, much in the way probably that we do the Mandalorian. You know, favorite moments from the episode all the mind-blowing, you know, reactions, predictions, theories, 
talk about standout characters. We might even, I think we should continue our um, side characters, uh, background character Hall of Fame. I think that would be good for Boba Fett, I'm sure John and Dave will be sprinkling some <clears throat> some background character goodness in there for us. So all of that to look forward to next week. Yeah, that sounds uh, sounds fantastic. So yeah, if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you um, like, follow, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Um, follow us on Instagram at Live from Vader's Castle, Twitter at Vader's Castle Pod. We're Live from Vader's Castle on YouTube, TikTok, Twitch. We're all over the place. So give us a follow so you don't miss a thing. You're not going to want to miss a thing because we've got a new Disney Plus show starting in two days and we're going to be talking all about it. Um, thank you very much for listening, guys. And uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.